0: Hey, bro, let's get into this thing. It's Demasi and Michael, just talking tech. The following podcast on the Your Own Pay podcast network will contain adult content. Listener discretion is advised. More information about this episode can be found at yourownpay.com. So remember how I told you one of the... Ways or complaints that I had about my current setup is I was using the PFL buttons and I couldn't adjust the volume. hmm Well, I got it kinda to work, but apparently not the way I expected it, because you heard yourself when you came in on clean Feed, so I've got to see what's going on with that. But uh what I've actually did is I've started to pipe most of my audio through to and I'm gonna poke around with the panning, uh, so on this board, channel 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11, 12 are paired on the board itself. And I think it has something to do with the panning on, uh, if you pan all the way to the left, you're on channel 7, all the way to the right, you're on channel 8, and 9, 10, left, right, respectively, is uh, how that so works. Um, of
1: the way an uh, audio file will work in a sense, right? Because most audio files by default have two channels, and you have that left and right if you pan one way or the other.
0: Yep. So I got it to send audio through to. So with this audio, you can send audio out via USB. You can send audio out to the master, which I think I've, most everyone should understand. You can send audio out to one of three different auxiliary out, outputs. And then you can also send audio to group one or group two, or apparently both groups. And so what I ended up doing is I took JAWS, uh, which I have on 910 now. I took Windows Sound, which I have on eight 7.8. And I took VOIP, which because we're in clean feed, uh, VOIP comes through on the Windows Sound 7.8 for right now. Uh, but I took all those audio and I patched those through to line, uh, or to the second group. And so I was able to adjust it. E-
1: Okay. <laughs> oh man! i would say we should have picked a t- different time of day to record but i don't think there's really like a, a doggy downtime during the day
0: right i i don't think there is a down i don't think there is a downtime for the dogs benjamin's gonna go put them outside so hopefully that'll that'll reduce it a little bit Anyways, so what I had done is I routed the audio to group two, and I thought it was going to work just fine because it worked just fine on Skype doing the Skype call test or Skype test call, which is good, but Skype test call isn't talking to you while you're recording so you <laughs> didn't know that you were actually picking up the audio coming into the USB or into the audio, into the computer sounds and pushing that back out. So I've got to poke around. Looks like what I want to do should be doable. Uh, and I I might be able to graduate from my hack together way of getting it to work. Although I am still using Reaper um, to pass my audio through, which reconsole is amazing. Alt C V plus twelve Enter will boost my audio by twelve dB, and people should be able to hear me fine now. The only problem with PFL is your low enough that i can hear you but it's not i I don't want to say difficult to hear but it's not you it's it's the way this setup is set up uh so if i ask you to repeat yourself that's why
1: (laughs) gotcha (laughs) goodness should have drunk some coffee
0: yeah yeah coffee is good i didn't get coffee those who don't know for dm 70 what number is this one right DM-71,
1: so show notes and all the stuff we mentioned will most likely be at com slash DM-71 for this episode. Yep, this is DM-71, and we're recording in the middle of the night.
0: Yeah, yeah, middle of the night for Demossi. kind of in the evening for me. I mean, it's what, 10, 12 there? 8, yep, 12 huh. my time?
1: Yep, yep. So you got your beer, Mike? Nope. Ah. Tequila. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, man. Huh, I got some I got something in there go
0: bigger go home it. right oh,
1: <laughs> 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 oh, oh man. man I need to find a different I' am gonna have to find a liquor store here because i'm am I am very used to not paying like the marked up prices Do <gasps> you pay for alcohol yeah. yeah, but the Costco here does not have what um the first Costco I did a lot of shopping at which was in Tallahassee, Florida, uh had which is had a liquor store attached to the side of it. Uh it was a Costco liquor store but like they had a whole liquor store mm-hmm. not just a little section where you can buy beer or you know, Wow, jeez, Costco has a ton of fucking wine. <laughs> My goodness.
0: Yeah, yeah, a- apparently some of the Costcos uh here do or not in Oregon but in California have the liquor store.
1: Yeah, it was cool. I didn't realize it was a I didn't realize until I actually got to Atlanta that it wasn't a normal thing. I just thought they all had their own liquor stores on the side because they have their own branded, you know, versions of alcohol. So going there and, you know, let's say I want to buy some vodka. I will buy the, the Kirkland's, which is the Costco brand for people who are not familiar with Costco. Kirkland is uh, their, their white label, kind of like, a, what is it, Great Value at Walmart? Uh ah. Yeah, like that. So... Or members' mark at uh, Sam's Club, so I would buy the Kirkland's vodka because I went in with a friend of mine one day to the liquor store at the Tallahassee Costco this was years ago, and looking around, and I wanted to buy some vodka, and you know I normally bought like Grey Goose or something like that, and she picks up the Kirkland's vodka. She's like, "Well, the Kirkland's half a gallon of vodka is only like twenty bucks." <laughs> Oh, yeah, but I don't know where that came from. I have no idea where that came from. Who knows what the hell it's made out of? And she reached the bottle. She's like, "Well, it was made by Grey Goose." And I was like, "Oh, well, shit, you're, <laughs> right, you're like out of here. <laughs> you're out of here." Right, right. Okay. Uh, but I'm not used to paying like the markup, marked up prices for alcohol. So therefore, I don't really have any alcohol in the house because, like, I refuse to pay like twenty bucks for something that I know. <sighs> In ordinary circumstances, in a regular liquor store, I could get it for, you know, get a half a gallon of said thing for 20 or 25 bucks, and you want to charge me, you know, 15 bucks for a pint or something. Like, I I just can't do it.
0: That's like, and... and I don't want people to think that I drink a lot, but you know, every once in a while. He a actually doesn't. I was really joking
1: yeah. about the yeah. beer. I didn't even expect him to have anything. Honestly, it was it was more or less like, "Hey, it's late as hell at night. We should get some beer or something and make right. this a real show."
0: Right. But I uh, <laughs> uh, went to the bar in Montana, and I mean, you could get drunk on twenty bucks at a bar in Montana. Now, tell me any other place in the country you can hmm. do that. I go here. You can get be lucky if you get two drinks for twenty bucks. Yep. <laughs> yep. So technology, <laughs> man, they got these liquor delivery apps. They have these liquor K cup machines that I was telling uh, Rummy about a couple months ago. Oh, on with the, the, show. With the, with the like, like the mixed
1: drink things, but yeah. they're, they're like, yeah, I heard about this.
0: Yeah, I thought that would be interesting. I don't have the, well, I mean, I kind of do have the money to drop on it. I'm just, I, I'm skeptical about it, and maybe I shouldn't be because I mean, you can get some decent tasting coffee in a K cup, so.
1: Yeah, my, my only problem with the with the deal is, uh, one, I probably don't have the money to drop on it. And then, two, honestly, I'm very particular about alcohol in a uh, lot of ways. Yeah. So, you know, most people don't mix alcohol in the way that I would want a drink mixed. Like, I tend for margaritas, for example. Like, I do like margaritas. I really do. But I will only get them if I'm in a Mexican restaurant.
0: <laughs> like an actual authentic
1: yeah. Mexican restaurant like the, you know, everybody I run into in there is like oh, that works at the restaurant is 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 Mexican or at least Latino, right? Because they're going to make the margarita strong, probably a little stronger than it really should be, but they're <laughs> going to make it. It's going to be a good margarita, not overly strong where you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, but yeah. it's going to be a good margarita especially the restaurants like you sit down you get the nice meal or whatever and they bring out your margarita and it's like this big you know giant bowl glass it's like oh yep, yeah this a is the right place the yeah yep yep, yep 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 you know you're in a good margarita place when you get get your margarita in a bowl like that or a cup yeah. <laughs> that looks like a bowl
0: good times. so what are you up to lately
1: Man, honestly, lately, I have been spending a lot of time with Amazon SES and Cindy.
0: <laughs> and how is SES treating you?
1: SES is actually pretty nice. I wish I would started using it some years ago. Pricing is good. I mean, it's comparable. It's, it's, it's not, you know, it's not as cheap. I don't know where people get this thousand emails for a penny thing. It's not a penny. It's 10 cents. Uh and there's a whole different pricing structure for attachments. So uh, $0.12 cent per gigabyte for attachments, uh, yeah. which does include embedded images for those of you who like to put, you know, embed the image of your company logo in the email, just just so you're aware of that. Uh, but SES is actually pretty good. I, I sort of wish that I would have started using it uh, over Mailgun just because I wouldn't have so much migrating to do uh for people's wordpress sites that i have running on mailgun but mailgun is at least was i can't speak about today because i haven't actually set up a mailgun account in a while but at the time mailgun was infinitely easier and quicker to set up over SES because essentially all I have to do with Mailgun is you you know once you have an account created you go in you add the domain they give you some records to add to verify your access to the domain and then you're basically done at that point and that is done as fast as it takes the DNS to uh, propagate with SES when you first start and the thing I didn't realize because I hadn't really used SES before I've used other AWS services uh, but Amazon Simple Email Service I'd never used it. Uh, I knew that you had a similar thing with it, with the DNS records that you have to do. There's also an email address verification that you kind of, sort of, Amazon seems confused as to whether I have to do those or not. Uh, One piece of documentation says, no, you don't if you do a domain-wide verification, but, and people still get emails that say, hey, you need to verify this email. So I don't know what they're doing with that. But the other thing with SES that you have to do is You need to get out of their sandbox. So when you first set up your SES account, set up your AWS account, and you start working with SES, they're going to put you in what they call their their developer sandbox or or tester sandbox or some sort of sandbox. Basically, you can't send emails except to email addresses that have been verified Mm -hmm. uh, within SES. Now, you have to drop an email to Amazon and say, hey, I would like to please lift my restrictions and take me out of the sandbox, please. And they usually reply back with the, the forum wants all these things like, what are you going to use it for? Blah, blah, blah. Not super difficult, but at the time that I was getting that I made the choice to go with Mailgun over SES uh, and Abandoned Send, send a Grid is what we were using before yeah. uh, and go to Mailgun. I didn't have time to screw around with Amazon and their stupid limits and their sandboxes and none of that crap right because we were in the middle. like the stuff i was switching over was actually live in production uh, and i needed it to work but generally speaking now that my account is set up and has been verified with amazon and everything is rolling good like the it, it, it is you know excellent i mean it has all the features and capabilities there's a lot more stuff that hooks up to it than i initially thought uh, there are quite a few wordpress plugins that have been recommended uh we'll drop a link a couple of them in the show notes Uh, so people can check those out if you're interested. And of course, for Cindy, it makes it great because Cindy handles, handles, when you're setting up an account in in Cindy for uh, email marketing purposes, uh, once you have it set up with SES, like it handles all of the bounce complaints and all of that automatically, which is an advantage with Cindy and SES over using an SMTP email sending option within Cindy, which you can do. Uh, but you don't get the bounce notifications. You don't get right. the, you know, all of that stuff automatically handled for you. And I don't want to write the code to deal with that. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty certain that somebody could have written a similar, you know, written Cindy to work with something like Mailgun over their API because they do have one. But, you know, SES is nice. Um, I don't really have any complaints. Like I said, I I got to switch other people's sites uh, over to SES for their transactional emails, but not a huge deal. And I figured this, if nothing else, one, Amazon is highly unlikely to make any significant changes to the way the service works, the way the Mailgun has done, because their entire business seems to be shifting somewhere else. Uh, And two, look, if it works for Amazon.com, definitely Mm. ought to work for me.
0: Right? Right. And Amazon.com and, and imagine several other businesses use it, too. Uh, oh,
1: yeah. There's, there's got to be a ton of them, man, because there's too much stuff that links up to it like right. very easily or has integration with it uh, directly. Uh, you know, the Delicious Brains guys wrote a whole plug in that they have a free version of and then a premium version just for Amazon SES sending for WordPress. So it's a popular option, I would Good. say. Kind of like S3. You know, S3 is a super popular option out there. I don't use it anymore. I use, you know, Wasabi, but it it tells you how prevalent S3 is, especially because, you know, services like Wasabi, Digital Ocean Spaces, all these other things still use an Amazon S3 compatible, you know, API sort of structure. So it is very easy for me to plug something like Wasabi into A program that would normally you know be connected to s3 right you just change the endpoint urls and and you're good because everything else the api calls for putting an object there retrieving the object any of the things that you need to do over the api are exactly the same amazon is the big fish
0: so in a very big pond Text expander has been pissing me off. Like I know it has been pissing you off. Fuck a bucket. Bunch of text expander. <laughs> so when I called you earlier today, just randomly, I had been playing, I went down the rabbit hole of installing auto hotkey again. Cause I wanted to experiment with that. And that actually, I think might be, Become my text expander replacement as soon as I can get some of the things to work the way I want them to, which I imagine it can. Uh, I, I really think that could be a alternative to Text Expander. It does not give me the cross platformness that Text Expander gives me, but it works almost every time. And that's more important to me right now than the cross platformness. Uh, and so, what's super cool about it is they have their own unique syntax and someone who may have already explored it knows this but it is a great resource um you can do a lot of things with it i currently have control j set up to populate my email address and that sounds weird but that's the demo they used and of course i had to do you do that too when they when you're doing a demo and it says right hello world here or something you're like no i'm gonna put my email address here because that's the problem i'm trying to solve right this minute and and if it works it works (laughs) yep so that's what I did. Uh, so now if I hit control J, it'll populate my email. I want to get move a lot of my other snippets into, into auto hotkey. So let me take a step back. How auto hotkey works is you create a, a script file, which is a plain text file. Uh, I have one right now on my desktop called testing script. And I can add multiple different uh, hotkeys. Ended by the word return. Uh, I think it's ret- yeah. Ret- actually, use the right terminology. Talk open. So you can set up multiple different scripts inside of one script file. Ended by the word return. Um, and so eventually, I'll have. All of, if not all of them, a majority of my text expander snippets. Uh, you can do the fill-in snippets where you have to type something in, and it will insert that into your ver- or into your snippet uh, with variables and ask for input actions. So you're writing your own little little programs uh, for Windows that are usable system wide. And I'm just, I'm excited to see where this path takes me. Uh, What you do is to get back to what I was explaining. You create your script and I have my script on my desktop. Uh, And then when you've made any edits to that script, you hit enter on it to compile it. It'll say, hey, do you, you have an older version of this? Would you like to replace this? You hit Alt Y and that will replace it. And then you type uh, any of your snippets into a blank edit box and uh, go from there. I wanna also get into automating doing different things with Windows. So what caused me to go down this path is, I'm using a tool called CSV generator, I think is what it is. And it's for the radio that I use. Well, the problem is, is it generates a, C- well, it generates four CSV files and it uses a semicolon for the delimiter. And I want to edit the information in Excel. So what I found myself doing is opening the folder where it put the CSV files, hitting applications, hitting a- H, hitting N to open a notepad. Doing a control H, which is a find and replace, and finding and replacing the semicolon with a comma and doing that for everything. And then saving the file, closing it, and reopening it, which would open it into Excel and actually show me the data the way I expect it. And then it looks like I have to go and do the same thing for each of those four files, but change the comma to a semicolon. So the software can create a code plug for the radio and import it into the radio. And after I did that three or four times, I'm like, man, there's got to be a way to automate this. This is tedious. I'm going to screw something up. And then that made me go download the auto hotkey software. And then I got lost in the documentation trying to build out some of my own things. And you know what, that other project is still on the back burner because i haven't automated it yet
1: do you remember the name of this tool that allison sheridan was talking about
0: i do not but i can probably find it uh did you ever download it or
1: no i didn't i'm looking for it now
0: i will let you know if i find it uh unless you do first that's weird i typed in text expander alternatives um, oh, wait, wait, wait. Kitchen distractions. And we came up. Uh, oh, and I put pod feet. Espanzo. Yep. E-X-P-A-N-S-O. And there's a link to it at com slash DM64. Well, a link to her article. I knew we talked about it. I just didn't know when. But that was kind of cool. I googled text expander alternatives podfeet because I knew she talked about it. I don't know that she used text expander alternative in there. Uh but then we came up and I'm like, "Wait, we did talk about that." And then I went to my own website and then clicked on. Weird how that works.
1: You didn't tool out or was it Mac only?
0: Uh I think it's it might be Unix or Linux. I'm not 100% sure actually. I did not go down that path cuz I knew AutoHotkey was the Windows equivalent, well not equivalent, the Windows alternative to text expander. And HK has been around a lot longer than text expander has been on Windows.
1: That's a cool, that's a cool deal, man. I, I am seriously so for me I was able to go back to uh you know thanks to friend of the show Marlon who wrote Texas expander an interesting email i think the subject line of it was Texas expansion hell or something like that uh, <laughs> of course as always they promised to look into the issues blah 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 uh, but they did provide him with a download link for an older version of Texas Mander, still in the, the version six uh release but it was older than the, the last couple of releases that they have that have truly screwed up everything on the mac at least for me um so that version does work. It's still the terrible text expander kind of interface that it has been since six came out, where they, they seem to have kind of made themselves a little web app uh, to, you know, handle this.
0: Just uh, turn Quick Nav off. That'll fix all your problems. Don't. You?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even though Quick Nav is never on. <laughs> uh, what I find interesting about it is, you know, I use ARQ. Uh, yep. I think you're using Art also but arc came out with version six version five is when i got into arc i think it may have been version four but anyway version five of arc came out and it was great i like it because it basically to me and maybe this isn't 100 percent accurate but i've never used time machine myself uh but for me arc makes me think of Time Machine just on my terms. So I'm able to select the folders. I'm just like Time Machine, I can select what I want to back up and it can do incremental backups every hour or, or whatever schedule I want to set it on. Uh, but it lets me determine where I want that that to be stored. So I can store it anywhere. Dropbox, Google Drive, uh, Wasabi, S3, just, just about any cloud storage you can connect to. OneDrive, which is where Mike is storing his stuff. Yep. Uh, but... So, like Time Machine, uh, it, it gives me that flexibility of having my files backed up, especially the important ones. I don't back up my entire system because it's unnecessary. There's no point in me backing up the Microsoft, not the Microsoft. Jesus, they must be talking about me. <laughs> I hear you, Jeff. I heard that. All right. Uh there's no point in me backing up like the mac os system files right because when i reinstall mac os they're going to come back like i have the, there's yep. no point in backing those up now clone is a different thing because you want to the boot but just backups you know time machine doesn't back up any of that stuff either the difference for me is i get to determine where it goes it's off-site that's my off-site backup right there so i'm not paying for black backblaze anymore uh uh-huh. sorry people i've never used carbonite for anybody wondering is carbonite accessible i don't know uh but version six of Arc came out. This is where I was going with this. Version six of Arc came out, and it was a Electron mm-hmm. app, an Electron app, and it was horrible on the Mac, Mac uh, on the Mac. Michael says it was you know, fairly usable on Windows, yep. whereas Arc five was kind of a, a, a shit show on Windows. Uh, but if I completely remember completely doable on Mac. Yeah. Oh, it was perfect on the Mac. Man, yeah. I had no problems. Uh, version six, oh man, it was so terrible. It, it was terrible it, I mean, it was terrible enough that when I first downloaded it Like I instantly sent off an email without even doing a whole lot of inspection as to what was broken it was like man This is virtually useless blah 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 And I was gonna, you know, do a screencast and show them some stuff and I was like, you know, what, screw this I'm going back to version five because I really don't have the time yeah. to deal with this version six was not in release i don't think for uh, for 12 months i don't think it made it a whole year as a release uh because they apparently backed it up and i I found you know a couple of threads on reddit apparently there's arq backup uh subreddit interesting (laughs) (laughs) you sound like me when i saw it i was like huh what 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 i don't
0: need it but good to know i might go see what other people are doing but yeah
1: I haven't seen I I didn't really see anything spectacular, but I did see uh a post that the the developer behind Arc, the guy who founded the the company, uh, wrote about Arc Six and going to Arc Seven. It was a very detailed post and, and very thoughtful from his perspective. And he you know, he realized that a mistake had been made with Six. And so when Seven came out, it's back to a native macOS app. I'm assuming it's fairly accessible on Windows since you bought a license Mike. Yep. Uh
0: it's not it's not completely accessible on Windows. There are a little uh, few quirks here and there. I haven't found anything I can't do though. Um, it could be cleaned up a little bit, but it is it is pretty usable. It is not five days for sure, and I would say it's probably even better than six on Windows. So Oh,
1: huh, good deal. But the point I'm making is like Texas Bander rolls out so all prior versions I've been using Texas Bander since version three on the Mac.
0: Forever, Yeah,
1: for a long time, man, long time. And version 6 comes out and I think version 6 was the first, you know, uh, upgrade version. I may be wrong about that. First description version, but I could be wrong about that. My memory's a little fuzzy on that. Uh
0: Yeah, I think but, they actually started that in v- V5.
1: Uh, right. Yeah, that's, that does sound right, because that will make sense as to why I paid for a license one year and then got that discount deal for the following year. So, yeah, that sounds about right. any anyway, version six is horrible. I don't know how. Di- di- now, the difference with ARC is there was a lot of vocal feedback about how ARC six was from everybody. It wasn't just an accessibility thing like people in general did not like it. I don't know that Texas TextExpander is getting that sort of feedback from the, 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 the non-screen reader user community about how TextExpander 6 looks and behaves. But from a screen reader user's perspective, it is a major loss in usability. Um, there are some accessibility issues as well, but just usability from a screen reader user standpoint is, is horrible. But the problem is there's not really that great alternative To text expander for me at least, because I have so many snippets and so many advanced snippets inside of text expander that it's gonna take me a significant amount of time investigating things like keyboard maestro. They have snippets. That's a thing. I do know a couple of people that switched over to keyboard maestro once text expander. I should probably Google up some of those old articles. There are some people who left text expander and went to keyboard maestro because they didn't want a subscription. Um. There's things like uh, LaunchBar has support for snippets. I've never used them, never looked at them. All right? So there's all these alternatives that do exist, but I don't know how well they would actually meet my needs because I haven't done the investigatory work yet, uh, which Michael started doing today with yep. AutoHotkey. Because
0: I tired to crash crashing my computer.
1: Uh, my problem and see here's the thing for me with texas spender like it's not i mean the current release version whatever the current version of texas spender is like the release version right now that was about to drive me into the wall into like okay i gotta find a solution because i couldn't even get it set up on the m1 when i was trying to because all these weird menus were popping up all over the place um You know, that old version did allow me to at least get it set up, and there's things I needed to do. I have so many snippets, man, so many snippets, you know, command line snippets, because I don't want to try to remember the command of how to create a database in MySQL. I just made a snippet,
0: because I do it a lot. So someone back in 2016, uh, and I'll link this, was talking about, and I haven't read the whole article, but I'll link it for people who are curious, uh, migrating text expand importing text expander snippets into keyboard maestro yeah so
1: definitely should check that it out.
0: might be a thing
1: was it dr Drang?
0: what
1: i said was it dr drang
0: um
1: or what's the website yes,
0: yes. dr drang yep yep that's who it was
1: that's the that's the first article i saw
0: that i remember
1: <laughs> seeing to of somebody that was doing it that's actually where i was going to go look for that so good find because that is where i was going
0: dot i like it what is it lean crew. Oh, yeah.
1: Yep. That's it. That, that, that guys are,
0: so I'm sure we'll talk about what Demasi finds and what I'm doing with auto Hotkey, And if someone says, Hey, no, you just got to make this change to your voiceover settings and text expander is fully usable on voiceover. Please let us know. Cause I'm sure Demossi would appreciate that.
1: <laughs> yeah. If you have some feedback, uh, definitely share that. Um, uh-huh. Or same for Windows as well. Uh, yeah. Although I think Mike's issue was more that it was crashing
0: crap. Yeah, it was So what would happen is I would be able to expand one snippet, and then when I went and did a second one, uh, I would lose all speech. Actually, I think what happened is I wouldn't lose speech. I would. It would lock up my whole keyboard, so I couldn't press Windows D. I couldn't even activate Narrator, and that's what makes me think that it would just tick over the whole keyboard, and something was happening with that. Connection between Text Expander and the driver for my keyboard on both of the Windows laptops I've tried it on.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong, because you you were on Windows, you went back to the Mac for a while, back to Windows, but you've kind of been bouncing back and forth between them uh, more so over the years than I have. Has Text Expander on Windows with the screen reader ever been in good shape?
0: No. Nope. Uh, in order to build snippets, as you know, I would go to the website in Chrome and had a better experience that way than within the app. I've never gotten it to reliably work on Windows. When it works, it's great. That's the thing, is is when it does work, it's amazing. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy. But Auto Hotkey expands things even faster than when Text Expander is working, it would expand it on Windows. So I noticed that from the get-go
1: nice
0: quick side note to kind of change the conversation because i almost did it but i'm watching myself more who in the hell thought putting control or putting the r for reload was better than using f5 and i asked that because one day i was doing something and i went to look something up so i went to hit Control t and i hit Control r and had to refill out the whole form that i was filling out
1: Oh, Control-R to reload the web page?
0: Yeah, Control-R reloads the web page, and Control-T opens a new tab. So, yeah, I've I've done that uh, once or twice only, now.
1: Well, hold on. Wait a minute. Oh, no, actually, it would be the same thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing on, on Mac. But yeah. when I did that, Michael Doys was like, "Uh, who changed it from F5? Or, or they should have stuck with F5 or something like that. Or that should be F5. And I'm like, you know what? It always has I been think F5. I was just
1: IE, though. Or am I wrong about that?
0: Uh, I'm pretty sure that you can do that in Chrome, and I'm going to tell you here in a moment, at least on Windows, yeah, you can hit F5 in Windows and it reloads.
1: Oh, huh, okay. That does not work on the Mac.
0: So, the, And that could well be what the reasoning was, was something needed to be cross-platform and F5, what that does on the Mac. Uh,
1: it did nothing here.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it does do something if you have your, your your f key set to do the media stuff but just yeah. set to work as regular function keys yeah it didn't do anything it wrong. just
0: but but i will tell you though it was a frustrating situation having to refill out the form positive thing is is windows universal clipboard so for those who don't know if you hit windows v and yes i said windows v not control v This will, the first time you do it, say, hey, would you like to enable the Windows Universal Clipboard? I think it's what it's called. It's pretty much a clipboard manager for Windows 10. And it will keep, I think it's the 25 most recent things that you copied to your clipboard, or it keeps all of them until you reboot your computer. I'm not 100% sure because I haven't paid that much attention because honestly, when I'm using a clipboard manager, I just need probably the last three to five items that that were added to my clipboard because I'm doing a repetitive proj- repetitive job that I need to paste the, some of the similar content into different fields. So what I ended up doing is because this form asks questions, I would type my questions in Microsoft Word, spell check them. And then I would select them all and cut them to the clipboard and paste them into the respected fields. So when I hit control R and reloaded the form, I went and started filling out the form. And then I remembered that I was doing that. So I hit Windows V and was able to down arrow through each of my responses, find the proper one, hit enter, and then press tab. And that put that into the edit box. So that was an unexpected benefit or advantage while using tools at my disposal.
1: I'm just going to say, if you're not using... At least if you're I, I don't uh, that That's an awesome thing That that's built into The system on Windows First of all So if you're not using A clipboard manager period Like you need to get one In your life uh, There's something to Everybody has done it Every single person That uses a computer Regularly has done it You copy something And you mean to go Paste it somewhere And you do something else Or in the midst Of, of getting over To where you need to Paste that You copy something else And now you've just yep. Overwritten the thing That was on your clipboard That you meant to save And sometimes You can't get it back Uh, I have been using the clipboard manager and launch bar uh, almost from day one of using launch bar. I think that is one of the first things that I enabled and, and learned how to use outside of the quick launch features. And, you know, my life is screwed up if I don't have a clipboard manager because I will copy something and I will go and I won't even think about it. it's like oh I need to save that to do something with it later right well I'm yep. not going to do that thing right now because that requires me to go open up you know one password or something uh for example looking at my clipboard manager I have well there's a clean feed link that I had to copy out of Safari because apparently when I opened it up in Safari the first time I was like please use Chrome I'm like but it's <laughs> working it's working I can hear him he can hear me I can hear me uh but you know, apparently it really wanted me to use Chrome. So I switched just in case it would do something weird to like the recording or something. Uh, but I have, so I have a snippet that I need to go uh, update in one of my bash files for where the new location of auto-completion for different packages I've installed is now located with Homebrew. And I have a bunch of information I need to put in one password that I copied out of an email. Mm. Uh all in the clipboard manager. I haven't even thought about it because it's just there. When I remember to go add this stuff to One Password, I'll know it's on my clipboard. I'll not be looking for the right. email. Basically, you need a clipboard manager. They still kind of suck on iOS. Uh, hmm, I haven't played. I didn't even look for any on Android. Actually,
0: yeah, me neither. I I am charging this Android phone because I want to play around with Android twelve in the near future. But maybe before I make that leap, I'll. I'll do some poking around for some clipboard managers. There will not be a link to an app in the show notes because I'm not committing myself to having that done before those come out, but I'll, I'll, I'll do some poking around on Android.
1: We'll, we'll follow up on that. Uh, iOS does have a few. I won't link to any cause one, I don't know if they're still active and they're sort of kind of terrible in a way uh, because of course the way iOS is structured, you can't just copy stuff and have it automatically grabbed by this application that, manages your clipboard you have to do something uh i think the i can't remember the name of it but my favorite one that i did like on ios had a widget so if you pulled down and swiped over to the widgets view when it was in the old style um you had that widget there it would then capture what was on your clipboard and store it for you and it had a little keyboard extension you could switch to so you could you know quickly paste out things in different apps so it was nice right well, I don't remember the name of it, and I can't. I don't even know if it's still on the store. So, <laughs> but on a desktop plat operating system, uh, such as macOS or Windows or Linux, if you're one of those crazy people, uh, get a clipboard manager. Make your life amazing.
0: And, and you'll feel you'll feel assured that you don't have to worry about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm
0: buying this mixture that you have. By the way, Well, should I'm buying the
1: 22, whatever, whatever it is? Yeah. The yeah. Did you hear version. that
0: joke I made on the Kelly Co. Show? I'm like, yeah, and now that I have this mixer, Demasi had to tell me. Oh, the yeah, that he's getting the 22, and
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, I did. Hear that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, Mike did do a a, a very good uh, explanation of how he's using his mixer and kind of some of the you know foibles of getting it set up uh, on the AMI radio show on May something.
0: I don't even remember. 20, was it this last 19, Monday? 18, or was it a weekend? Yeah, it was this last Monday. So May 17th.
1: We'll link to it. And at we'll link Europe to it Europe. in our show notes. DM72. Nope. 71. If yep, you go to 72, you will get nothing.
0: <laughs>
1: we nothing for you this week if you go to DM72. No, go to com slash DM71. We will link to Michael's uh, segment. It was, I, I thought it was fairly well done. He packed in a lot of information without talking too fast. Um, Cause I had not, I don't think I've been doing a lot of umming. No, but I noticed that one though. Uh, So we'll link to it. Michael did an excellent job, I believe. And not only explaining what a mixer is for, what, what the type of board he has is for the difference in, you know, just a mixer versus an audio interface. And the fact that his board has both of these things, but also sharing some of his, you know, adjustments to using it and trying to get it to work in the way that he wants it to work. Uh, getting it to work in the way that he wants and i thought it was just a good overall explanation and should make should ease your mind if you're getting an audio interface or a mixer and trying to figure it out Uh, Michael was very clear that, hey, this is a learning process and I've had it for a month and I finally gotten here with it, right? But he's not giving it up and I'm going to buy the same board, just a bigger one. And I'm probably about a month away from buying mine. Uh, I got to determine whether or not I'm going to get it off of Sweetwater or if I can get a better payment deal with Zounds.
0: Which for those who haven't heard, I I really like Z Zounds. They are. They don't give you the support that we get from Sweetwater, but I – so I like both of them. I
1: like both of them. If it comes down to me making a purchase of, of, of that amount over several payments, if Zounds give me, gives me 12, the most I'm going to get from Sweetwater is going to be six, I think. Yeah, uh, yep. So, no, look, stretch it out. I'm trying to start a business here, man. It's not cheap. I got <laughs> to pay for servers and – I pay lawn guys because I don't have time to cut the grass. Licensing. Licenses, All this. Look, man, I'm trying to start a business.
0: So right. I don't have <laughs> much more to talk about, but I do want to mention, I don't think we've mentioned it on the show, about me doing surgery. Um, A week or so ago, I decided to sit down. A week or so ago, I decided to sit down with the RoboVac that we have and try to get it working on our Wi-Fi network. Because I, I just kept having issues and uh, Yuffie or Anchor wanted me to send a video and I never got around to sending a video. It, it takes a lot. That's just an excuse, but it takes a lot to actually get in the mood to send a video uh, to someone to show them that it's not working. And uh, Doug made an offhanded comment about this Raspberry Pi that I got from him. And he said, make sure to put it on a network that has a single word for the SSID. Side note, I didn't have to do that, but that's besides the point. When I was thinking about that, though, I said, hey, maybe this RoboVac needs to be on a network with a single word as the SSID. And so I put it on our guest network with arrow. and uh, ever since I connected it to that, I... Uh, Eero has this fancy feature that you go into the settings and you go to troubleshooting. And then there's an option that says my device won't connect. And when you choose that option, um, it will disable the 5 gigahertz network for, I think it's 15 minutes. Uh, And this device only will support the 2.4 gigahertz. So I first tried that and then tried to put it on the main network and it wouldn't work. It, It just wouldn't allow me. It kept saying an error has occurred or something. Uh, to that nature so when i disabled the 5 gigahertz network and put it on the 2.4 gigahertz guest network which is a single word pie and cake uh it went on there just fine and there wasn't any issues and it acted or the uh, app recognized the robovac and now i have it cleaning upstairs on a schedule regularly and it hasn't fallen off the stair cliff uh and so i'm And so I am super excited to say that if for some reason your smart device won't connect to your Wi-Fi network and you happen to have a space or a special character, try VA Guest Network and see if that'll work.
1: I have determined that I, so I had to buy a router, speaking of networking gear, I bought a router. I'm not going to say I necessarily had to buy a router, but it is going to make my life infinitely easier going forward. But I did just buy a standalone router it does not have wi-fi in it at all it's just a router just a hardware router the reason i bought it uh and i'm gonna put my google wi-fi wait is that what it's still called did they change it to nest yet
0: Uh, oh it might be nest wi-fi i don't know man whatever
1: nobody cares (laughs) the google branded wi-fi devices uh i'm gonna put them in bridge mode once I actually set up this router. Now, the purpose for me buying a router, and I thought about this uh, before, especially somebody like Doug writes in or tweets or tells me somewhere else when I speak to him about, oh, well, you could have done this. Yeah, I know. I probably could have bought a Raspberry Pi and turned it into a router or used an old computer and put Linux on it and, and PF Sense and made it into a router. I didn't want to do any of that shit because I don't have time. I will do it at one point at some point in the future. I will do something like that as a project. You know, probably one of the kids once I figure out which one of them has the the network geek buried down in there somewhere. (laughs) But didn't have time to do all of that and I did need to solve a problem. What's the problem to be solved as Allison would say? Well, the problem to be solved is number one, none of the mesh products that I'm interested in, there may be one that exists, but none of the ones that I'm interested in. So either the one that I currently own, which is Google, uh, or IRO, which is the only other one that I'm actually interested in, gives you the ability to do dynamic DNS. Mm. And for those of you not familiar with dynamic DNS, dynamic DNS is the ability. There's some. There's some external service, There are things like Dyn DNS. Uh, there's other other services that provide similar functionality. Cloud DNS, which happens to be my DNS management service nowadays also offers this capability but basically you're able to take a domain name and point it at your home ip address and once you get it configured in a way that it needs to be configured if your isp changes your ip address because that tends to happen doesn't seem to happen as much as it used to but it does still happen from time to time the the dynamic dns servers will automatically update where that record is pointing to so that it continues to work so i don't have to manually go in and adjust the ip address from 68 dot something to you know 92 dot something or whatever the hell they're using weird also comcast is using 68 over here and it used to be 73 very very confused by that
0: and spectrum is using 47 when it used to be 64 i think
1: amazon web services has a 8 dot something domain in virginia yeah, I had an um, EC2 instance spun up, and it was using a 8-dot-something domain, I mean, a, I, IP address, yeah. and I was like, oh, weird. Uh, but anyway, I need dynamic DNS for several reasons. Number one, I want a security certificate for my printer so that when I go to the HTTPS version of the page, I don't have to do the whole little bypass thing. Uh, and I also want security on the printer because the printer will have some form of access from outside the network because this printer gives me an email address i can use it can do some other stuff that needs to you know have internet connections so i want a security certificate on and also want some better firewall controls than what i get with the google wi-fi at least but i also want the ability to use a internal domain for my local area network which is something i've gotten super used to from way back whenever i first hacked a router and put like um, DDWRT on it or something. Uh, uh, I like being able to type in like if I want to, you know, go browse the printer interface, or if I want to connect to another computer on the network, which is how I normally use this. Is I just type in like, you know, Latia's uh, nope, Latia dot, you know, my internal domain dot home or whatever and get to her computer it's not really that long but you know i couldn't think of an actual thing that wasn't a legitimate domain that i don't want people to know uh but that way i'm very i can very easily first of all having that sort of setup means if the ip address for for device changes i don't have to worry about it i mean i could go ahead and you know set static ip addresses but you know who really wants to do that when you can just go overboard and set up a whole bunch of extra shit that nobody really understands and wonders why the hell you did it in the first place <laughs> what would be the point if I didn't do that <laughs> uh, But I, I, so I bought this router I haven't set it up yet uh, it is a TP-Link um, a small business router, it's about 50 bucks it has 5 gigabit ports uh, looks pretty good maybe i can put ddwrt on it but if not i still at least can do the things that i need to do but i do need that external uh dynamic dns setup because plex is coming back at some point
0: plex on a pie uh, it depends ah
1: uh. it depends a friend of mine has said he's gonna send me a mac pro somebody gave him uh it's an old mac pro it's like the old you know before the trash can mac pro mac pro so it's like a 2012 mac pro somebody gave him that he, he has decided he doesn't want to try to attempt to do anything with. So I may just set it up on there.
0: That would actually be good. Have a Plex server and a Hazel server.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That could be my Hazel Hazel server or Plex server. Uh, And once I get Plex up and running, plus I can stick all the hard drives that I need, you know, a couple of big hard drives inside the case of the computer. So there's nothing, you know, hanging around either. Yep. I still haven't I I have a couple of pie projects, but I'm I think I'm avoiding buying a raspberry pie right now just simply out of fear. And the fear is I'm gonna get the pie and then I'm not gonna get anything else done while I'm sitting here fucking around with this fucking raspberry pie.
0: Okay, so I thought
1: well Ooh, I thought Amazon. Ben was gonna
0: be quiet while he came out. He was trying to be quiet. <laughs> he was still which I appreciate that, but he finally he finally said forget it and just shut the door.
1: <laughs> yeah, Amazon Business Prime American Express card. Huh.
0: So I thought you were gonna say the reason I haven't gotten a Raspberry Pi is I'm gonna turn into Michael and have two of them and not be doing anything with one of them and <laughs> No. Although no. although Doug has convinced me to pick up a tool that it's very interesting. it It's called All Star, and it's another uh, radio communications. But what they do is, it's based on uh, Asterisk, an older version of Asterisk, and it has a before a ten- they fucked up their
1: name spacing.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And it has an antenna on it that you use, and you connect it to a Raspberry Pi, and when you dial into uh, the uh, node, it will pretty much create a miniature conference that will connect you to another user on the network, and it, and it looks very intriguing, it's very straightforward to set up, and it might be a use for this Raspberry Pi 4B that I have sitting up here, but The problem that I run into with it is, do I want to use that 4B for just using All-Star, or do I want to go pick up another 3 and run All-Star on that 3, because that 3 is going to run me about $35, and then I have this 4B open up to do something creative. Then I run into the thought of, well, you're not using it for anything right now, so... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> so but here's the problem right Here, here's where we're we're well i'm not gonna necessarily say we're slightly different i think i've learned a lesson from you a little bit which is you bought a raspberry pie and you kind of overcooked it when you mm-hmm. bought it and now everything that you could possibly do with it you're like yeah but do i really want to use a fucking super pie just to run pie hole like that doesn't make yeah. sense
0: yep when you could run Pi Hole on a uh, Raspberry Pi Zero, I believe. Yeah. It's like, do and I want to buy a Mac Pro 15, just so I can, bucks.
1: Yeah, it's like, do I want to buy a Mac Pro just so I can stream audio like that? That that <laughs> makes absolutely no sense. Or yep. I have the Mac Pro already. Do I really want to set this computer up just to be like an audio streaming device to play music around the house? Like, really? but right. Is this it?
0: Yeah. So one of these I days, I say spin it some. up
1: on the. I say spin it up on the four B right. And then when you figure out something else that you want to do with the 4B, you know, then go buy the other Raspberry Pi because at that point, all you should really have to do is just swap the cards over, if I understand it
0: right. Nope. Nope. Two different uh, cards. What do you mean? One's the, so the way that this setup works is you can get it for a three or you can get it for a four. There's something different uh, in the architecture or the layout. I don't remember exactly what it is. Oh, it might the be four, different USB placement ports i'm nope. not sure
1: nope the 4 is 64 but i think the 4b specifically maybe if, if it's just specific to 4 and 3 i don't i'm not certain but i know for sure the 4b is 64 bit arm linux and uh the 3 is not it's 32 well i know bit, this so thing
0: plugs into usb is for the usb ports on the three on the four they're on top of each other right? ah okay so that might be it too
1: well, you know. know, buy a Raspberry Pi 3, man.
0: I know. I know. That's, that's likely what's going to happen, is I'm just going to pick up a th- Raspberry Pi 3, do something with this 4B.
1: Make a NAS, I'm telling
0: yeah, you. Yeah, but then i got to buy hard drives. <laughs> Either okay. way, it's going to cost money. Well, well,
1: I wonder if you set it up with something like Free NAS or something, if you could use... That would create probably a ridiculous amount of latency though if you could mount a Sabi bucket.
0: That sounds like a lot of internet that sounds like a lot of internet usage that be a bit overkill. But I, I think I see where you were going with that. Yeah,
1: yeah. As I thought about it, I'm like, one, that's a lot of, you know, internet traffic back and forth, but then two, like the the uh the latency probably would kill you. I don't know, man. What else could you do with the Raspberry Pi 4? Have you, you have tried? Ideas. <laughs> I mean, I got a few. I mean, there, there's the NAS, because I'm pretty sure you got a hard drive laying around. And look, y'all, it doesn't have to be four terabytes, man. It could be, you know, plug a flash drive in right, just to, right, just to right, see yeah. if it works, yeah, right? Yeah. Get, get it working. See if it's something you need. Uh, and, and, phone system.
0: To be to be honest, DeWasi, I knew you had some ideas. I was talking to the listener. Oh, oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh! I thought was like, man, look, I got a bunch of ideas, man. You know, load up asterisk or something, on it. yeah. Make a make a virtual PBX. Uh,
0: install Plex on it. <laughs> <laughs> I might sell this Fire TV Cube thing. Huh. Because I kind of am interested in the Apple TV, but I don't know why I'm interested in it. And I think that's why I haven't pulled the trigger on it. Probably because I got to check with the boys. I don't even know if, we're, if the Fire TV Cube is hooked up because we have the Roku TV in the living room now that has the built-in apps.
1: I definitely got to buy a new Apple TV. I haven't bought it yet, but I'm going to... You know, honestly, part of it is... Well, part of it is I don't actually have a TV. So there's that. Uh, (laughs) Because Tia actually absolutely refuses to even attempt to order another TV from from Walmart. Uh, Mm -hmm. I told you the story privately. I don't know if we mentioned it on the show, but we get the TV and it's already damaged. And when we get it back to Walmart... And she takes it to customer service. The lady in customer service, like, you two? You're the first first person to bring back one of these Samsung TVs that was already damaged when you took it out of the box. And I was like, oh, man. Either they're stealing TVs somewhere in the chain, or people are just really pissed that they can't buy a TV, so they're just flinging them. Right. Uh, she absolutely refuses to buy another one from them the only other place that well we've looked at a couple of different places but the place i would really rather buy one from now is costco because i'll get two percent cash back on the purchase and they're out of stock of any of the ones that i actually want which is a (laughs) samsung 55 maybe 65 inch uh tv and they're just out of stock like just out of stock I don't know. But new TVs are coming out, and I told them maybe OLEDs will go down in price a little bit, enough like an older generation OLED from Samsung may get pushed down far enough that I'll I'll buy that. Or I'll get whatever the current generation is right now of Samsung LCD once they release their new ones, because apparently it's TV season.
0: Yep, it is TV season, and it's going to be TV season for the next couple of months, because doesn't football start in August?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: So, there should be deals on TVs then, too.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, I really want to get it out of Costco, though, because, you know, well. Yeah. 2% cash back, man. That
0: <laughs> adds up.
1: 2% cash back, man. It does add up. It does add up. Uh, but that's one reason I haven't bought the Apple TV. Secondly, I'm trying to figure out, and I got to chat with my bookkeeper and see if she has any ideas. I, you know, it would be interesting if I could write it off as a tax You know, as a tax write-off for the business to buy Apple TV, I'm not sure I can do it. And I'm not going to do it if it's like, you know, on the, on the, in the very up against the line, like maybe, but if they look too hard, maybe not like, then I just won't do it. Uh, Right. Because it was a business. It's, but look, it's, it's funny. I got more money in my operational budget than I got in my pocket. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> Welcome uh, to being a business owner. <laughs> but that's how it goes.
1: That's how it goes. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Uh, but I'll tell you one thing, man. Sitting down. So I read profit first, just to jump off onto a whole nother topic. I read the book Prophet first. Uh, Desiree had been recommending. I read this. Well, we read this book because I, I, she recommended it to both of us. I think you had already read it or started to read it or something. I had not. Uh, I just read it recently. Um, I, one, I get the idea behind what he's saying because the general principle that I take, anyway, this is my takeaway. I'm not a professional. Uh, not a professional anything, honestly. Uh. (laughs) Uh, But with profit first, the general principle that I take away from it is that you move your money around into separate accounts. So you have one account that's your income account, and that's where payments come into. So you know, my case, Stripe deposits or PayPal deposits go into that account. And once you get up and running twice a month, you're going to move money out of the income account into several different Accounts based on percentages. So let's say you're taking sixty percent of your income and moving that into your company's operational expenses. You know, as their everyday accounts, which you use to pay the bills for the business. Uh, you move a percentage of your money into your company's profit account. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are profits that you know you will pull from later. Uh, you move a percentage of your money into your 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 payment account, which is like how you will pay yourself or pay other employees or whatever, uh, like, you know, like that. Right. The general idea to me, though, seems to be that if you have your money and there's a tax account, people for anybody, don't yell at me. Uh, there, there's a tax account. You're supposed to move money into that tax account, too. Uh, so that when you pay your taxes quarterly or however yeah, you have remember. to pay them. Right you have the money there, right? And at the end of the year, you shouldn't have any surprises. If you've underpaid a little bit because your projections were slightly off on your income, well, you should have money in your profit account to pull from to cover that expense. Uh, not ideal now how you want to do it, but the money should be there because if you made more money than you projected you were going to make, then you should have it somewhere because you're not, you know, the biggest problem that business owners run into, and I know this from being a freelancer just trying to run a, I shouldn't say bootleg business that in, Something entirely different, depending on where you are in the world. So, running a business out of my pocket or out of my back pocket as a as a freelancer. So, like I'm taking gigs, I'm paying taxes on my stuff. Like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, generally legally. Everything is legal. I'm not, you know, having people send me envelopes of cash so the IRS doesn't know I made money. Like everything is being legally done. Um, but having all your money go into one account and then paying the bills out of that account and figuring out, well, when do I use this money? You, you, what you tend to do if all your money's in one account is what people have a tendency to do. You're gonna spend the money when you need to spend the money. Whereas if you have allocated money based off percentages of what you need, and let's say, well, 20% of you know all income goes into the tax account, I'm just throwing around numbers. People don't yell at me again. Uh, 20% goes into your tax account. Well, you don't touch that money because that's the government's money and you wouldn't steal money from the government. Now, would you? Uh, I wouldn't (laughs) know about anybody else, but I wouldn't. But if you have, you know, a percentage of your income goes into a operational budget account. Well, that's how much money you have to spend on expenses. And if you don't have enough money to cover your expenses, then you need to start cutting costs somewhere. Uh, It's the general principle that I kind of get out of this this system Uh, So i'm using it for right now. I mean I may change I may not change but it's working for me right now And the first thing that it forced me to do when I started looking at how I need to allocate funds as they come in is Got to cut some expenses got to do some expense cutting Uh, which is something maybe you don't budget for. You don't look at it when you're just, when the money comes in and the money's there, when you need it and you pay a bill, you pay for this, you pay for that. You're not necessarily keeping as good a track. I'm not. Some people are better at this than others. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, you know, I want anybody to write in and be like, well, you know, actually what I do is I have a strict budget and I know exactly how much money out of this account goes for it. It's like, okay, that's great for you. My brain does not work that way. I'm too lazy. First of all, let's be honest about I'm actually too lazy.
0: If you do uh, that and you're passionate about it and you happen to be blind, please write in and let us know. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: All jokes aside, please do because you probably have a future. You either are an accountant or you have a future, potential future as an accountant if you're looking for work. So if if you do do all of that and, and you're very serious and strict about it, I would like to hear from you because I'm always looking for ways to, you know, enhance my money. Like I'm not a bad money manager, but you know, I mean, look, there's occasions where you 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 mad you, you know, you mad spend something. You're like, oh well look, there's you know, twenty seven hundred dollars in that account. I can definitely <laughs> spend hundred and twenty <laughs> bucks on this thing. Maybe I shouldn't have spent that money. But I don't see, realize that until six months later. It's like, oh shit.
0: See, and I was saying if you're blind and passionate about it, then I want to interview you for the passionate professional blind individuals is where I was going well, hey, with that like, one. <laughs> absolutely.
1: Absolutely. That is a point. You know, definitely reach out uh, yeah. for sure. But I don't know. The profit first thing seems interesting. I'm trying it out because it doesn't cost me anything extra to have multiple checking nope. accounts set up with the uh, bank that I'm using. So, you know, hey, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I will follow up with you guys uh, in about six months, maybe, and in tell you how that how that how how it's going, be whether or not I'm still doing it. Huh?
0: <laughs> I said in six months, his What'd profit you say? account better be a lot better. <laughs> A lot greater. Man,
1: it better be a lot better than what it is because, you know, in six months, if it's not looking better than what it's looking right now today, I might have to question whether or not I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> I have to seriously question this. Uh, but it has caused me to cut some expenses for sure, uh, which is a good thing. There's some things I'm paying for that maybe on the outside look stupid. But I think long-term building that expense in and getting used to paying it is going to be something necessary. But I've also cut out some things that I didn't necessarily need. Like, I didn't really need to spin up WP accounts. Not really. I had them, but I didn't really need them. But I do like having my own name servers with Cloud DNS. It's beautiful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Give and take, see? You have your own name server set up, but you don't have to spin up WP accounts, see? You, you, when When you think about it you can
1: yeah uh, well i mean the name servers like they they may seem vain today but i'm thinking about where i want to be at and and you know a year for example or six months uh you know it makes sense to have it and there's no point in turning it off now because i already have it set up just bake that in and probably not june but probably july i'm going to go ahead and pay for a year of that so that'll knock that expense out and knock some of the cost off of it as well but it makes it simpler for me with managing people's dns because i think that's another thing that i'm going to get away from is the third-party dns record passing shit where i can avoid it because uh, too many mistakes happen for people who aren't used to touching dns records so if you host with me in the future I'm not currently offering hosting services unless you have a special super secret code at the moment. But if you host with me in the future, DNS will have to be managed with me because there's lots of things that need to be set up. AWS, for example. Or SES, at least. Oh, man.
0: I don't really have anything else.
1: The touch bar is crap. That's what I
0: got. (laughs) Crap. Absolute crap. Yes. Yes, it is.
1: Man. Oh, here's an interesting piece of news. And let's you know, it just didn't show it to me. But I went to actually go see what would Apple give me on a trade-in for the M1 MacBook Pro.
0: It's not there.
1: It's not there. Okay, not yeah. just me.
0: No, we checked that first.
1: Ah, okay. Yeah, that would have made sense too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Apple did pay us today for the computer. Oh, nice. Well, no, man, that is so that is so dodgy. So. You trade your computer in on Apple's website, a third party sends you a box and handles the trade-in, and they outsource to another company to send the (laughs) gift card to you.
1: See, that's Apple playing them accounting tricks.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That's Apple playing those accounting
0: tricks. (laughs) It was ridiculous. But we have a gift card that can be used on Apple.com now, so that's awesome. I don't know what we're going to end up with, but actually...
1: Here's an idea, since it's just a general gift card, unless it's tied to your account. I don't know if they they gave you an actual gift card that you have to apply to your purchase. They give us a
0: gift card code.
1: Yeah. So if you really wanted to get this iPad at Costco, you could sell the gift card to somebody else. You know, a dollar for dollar value.
0: So we thought about that. And then Mallory said, two iPads. So we could trade this iPad in too. And get that, and they'll give us two hundred and thirty dollars or something for it. Drops ultimate cost for the iPad because we're I've I've determined we're getting the twelve nine Pro uh, if we end up with one. And if we get the twelve nine Pro, one of her first questions when we got the M one was where Why can't I connect it to tel- to cellular? Which means we're going to get the twelve nine Pro with cellular. Uh, so if we trade in her iPad. Then you know that that puts us at nine o or nine ten roughly in Apple credit, and you can use. I think someone told me eight gift cards on one order for Apple, so that that jumps the price of the Pro twelve nine at one twenty eight down to just over four hundred dollars or something like that. So that's that's a lot more doable, a lot more manageable. Yeah, yeah. just throw the money out <coughs> of the pocket and get it and go from there. So we'll see. We'll see what it ends up. Right now, we're not ordering anything right now because you're looking at July 14th, roughly, is what the estimated delivery date is right this minute. And I know if I wait longer, it could be longer, but I, I'd rather get closer to an actual delivery date before I place an order because if I pay for something and I order something, I want a close to instant gratification.
1: Yeah, and also, I mean, that would require her to not have an iPad at all for like, Or two months, almost two months. Yeah. Smart lady, that, Mallory. Why can't (laughs) I connect this to cellular? That's a good question. We should ask Apple that.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Hey, Tim. Tim, (laughs) why can't I connect my M1 MacBook (laughs) to a fucking cellular connection? What's going on with that, man?
0: Especially when the iPad Pro M1 has cellular connection. Like,
1: You know, Tim could be a real smart ass and be like, well, you know, you... Just because the iPad has it doesn't mean the Mac should have it because you can't run Mac apps on your iPad either. So what's your point, yeah, sir?
0: But you can send text messages from your iPad. I guess you can do it from your Mac too. But still, <laughs> damn it, just get, put cellular in the Mac. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Got to do it, man. Got to do it. Got to yeah. do it. Maybe that'll be the big surprise since everything else about the newer new laptops is seeming to be leaking all over the place. Uh, that'll be the thing nobody gets is that it's going to have cellular capabilities as well and the new macbook pros whenever they get around i hope to releasing not man
0: those. i really hope not
1: oh it'll man. be too late it'll, it'll be too late it'll be too late yeah and honestly mike honestly i mean i could be wrong but i think mallory is better suited with an ipad pro
0: i think she is too until she goes back to school and then i think that might be where she'll hit some limitations but maybe not though because the ipad is so capable
1: it is very capable, um, and who knows what you know? iPad OS 15 is going to also right. open up, especially on on that particular model with the M1 chip being available. It, it could turn out that she's she's good.
0: Yep, yep. Especially for, her need. she's not doing much of audio editing or anything else like that. So
1: yeah, like depending on what she's going back to school for, she probably would be perfectly fine. I mean, there's there's document editing on the iPad. You know, not to get and her that's a nice all keyboard. she would need. Research tools. She can do split screen. She got a nice big screen, so yeah. even if she does split screen, it's like having two iPad Minis in, in in portrait mode side by side. So that's that's pretty good amount of real estate.
0: So we'll let you guys know. I said that twenty minutes ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> how do we even get all that? Oh, I was bitching about the touch bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. See, and this is how conversations with us actually legitimately go. Someone told me once. They said, I think it was Marty that said, "Oh no, it was Michael. And he goes, Yeah, I listened to you guys' podcast, and you guys you guys sound a lot like you do up here on your podcast. I'm like, Yeah, because that's
1: how. That's basically what the podcast is. That's how it got started. We would have these <laughs> super long conversations about stuff. And we're like, man, we should do a podcast. And then we just do the same thing. Yeah. We don't have any notes. I don't yeah. have a Google. Hey, remember those days? We yeah. used to have a Google Doc open.
0: Yep, and then neither one of us would use it to make the show notes, so we just said, fuck it.
1: (laughs) It lasted for, I don't know. A little bit. A little bit. It was a little bit. So I stopped using it because Google started, I don't know what they did, but I was having issues with Google Docs and actual navigating inside of the text area, even in Chrome on the Mac. And that's one reason that I stopped using it as much. And there was also no easy way to just you know dump crap in there when i had an idea
0: yeah so i stopped using it because google docs won't let you reliably use markdown
1: oh well see that's a problem too yeah (laughs) yeah that is definitely a problem you know have you looked at craft
0: i have not maybe i should i was legitimately thinking well man maybe we should actually start in wordpress that would be too convoluted but no i have not looked at craft have you
1: no, I was thinking about it because somebody was talking about the ability to—I can't remember which show I was listening to—but they were talking about the ability to. It works with Markdown and does all the Markdown stuff. You can link documents and all of that. But there's some shared features there, so you can, huh. you know, share a document or share documents with people. And I was like, huh, that—that that could be—that could be interesting.
0: I—I I think this clean feed is working out for us, though. So.
1: Well, it seems to be. I mean, there's, one good thing about this over. um Source now is like, there's no, at least, well, I don't have any buttons on my side anyway. So I'm assuming on your side, there's no, you know, issues about where to click to actually make it record.
0: No, there's a button that says record. You click record. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a name. And I think you hit record or start and then you're good to go. There's no guessing buttons. And then there's a save button here. And like, it's it's a very clean
1: and on that terrible joke we're gonna wrap it up for this week thank you for listening thanks to all the new listeners that have come in however you came here whether a friend told you about the show you talk to us in clubhouse or on discord Uh, we appreciate you you can check out the show notes Well, actually, before you check out the show, well, you can check out the show notes. They're at youronpay.com slash DM71. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow the show itself if you just want announcements about the show at
0: uh, the
1: DM series. series. (laughs) Shit, you don't even know. And you made the account. You can follow the show if you just want announcements from the show and don't want any of our random bullshit uh, at the DM series on twitter you can follow michael at your own nope excuse me that's not right you can follow michael at payon p-a-y-o-w-n and you can follow me at Damasi, d-a-m-a-s-h-e
0: What are you going to do when I change that up on your natural music?
1: Man.
0: (laughs) And you would never know because you don't listen to the show.
1: Exactly. I was going to say, I wouldn't find out until I actually edited the show. I'm like, what the hell is this shit? Right? How long we had this outro music? <laughs> Look, people will be like, "Oh man, I really like your guys' outro. Yeah, it's cool, ain't Oh, uh, well, you know what the hell they're talking about." Right. <laughs> it's
0: been the same thing for seventy-one episodes. <laughs> we know who's finally listened to us to the end. <laughs>